Episode nine. Hey, oh. hey. Should have been again. It should have been episode nineteen. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Perfect. <laughs> Jamie recycling his jokes. There we go. <laughs> but I never recycle my jokes. <laughs> you always got so such fresh ones. Yeah, so fresh ones. Well, my dick jokes are never the same. No, they're always a little bit different. Yeah. Like every dick, just a little different. Right. Uh, I mean. So, anyways, on this episode, we got a uh, new. Host, you guys might hear him. You might hear his voice, a little giggling. His name is Brom. I have not made a single noise yet. But, but <laughs> well, there I, you go. I can give you a little giggle if you need it. Yeah, dude, give us your best one. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> all so right. Here, just ask, since Alex declines the nickname of Mustard Man, can Brom be Mustard Man? Ooh, you, you do not want to <laughs> no. upset the Mustard Man. No? Oh, man. <laughs> I'd gladly accept that mantle if you're giving it, but if Alex uh, is not willing to part with it, then... That's Alex's gift to what, give. What part, of the su- what part of the submarine hierarchy is Brom? Because we got the backbone, we got the cap- El Capitan, we got yeah. the brain, we got the, the other It should part. just be the mustard man. <laughs> no, no, no. That should be Alex, let's be honest. Yeah. And then, but what is Brom? The reactor? He could be the reactor. Ooh. The scope? He could be the sonar. Do we have anyone who's sonar yet? Mm. No, we don't. No. Yeah. We don't have good old good ears. What, what, what was a nickname? A sonar? What a nickname for a sonar guy? Like in, uh, in uh, Down Periscope, what'd they call the guy? Was his name just Sonar? I think it was. Oh man, that's a bad nickname. Yeah, that's not a good nickname. Well, whatever. We can uh, we can work it. Workshop. Yeah, it. Workshop yeah, we got it. time. But uh, so, anyways, this guy, this week, guys, I uh, I was a little unfaithful to submarine movies, and I watched a different kind of film. Oh my god! Jamie just like popped up above the pop filter oh, and like looked what? me in the eyes. <laughs> uh, you guys have seen the movie Ten Cloverfield Lane? I have not. Yeah, I have. Just watched it last weekend. Oh. All right, so this this doesn't have anything, I guess... Was that in preparation for Cloverfield Paradox? I, or I did not even know Cloverfield Paradox was coming out. I don't know if that was like something that they announced on the Super Bowl and it was a surprise to everybody, but it was a surprise to me. I watched it the day before uh, that announcement. It was Saturday night. Yeah, I think it was a surprise because the movie wasn't originally a Cloverfield movie. Really? But then they, really? They turned yeah, it, it was called The gar- God Particle. Yeah, it was, it was when I, I had seen it scheduled to be released under that name and then they made it into a cloverfield movie huh. i was kind of shoehorned it into it yeah i was thinking the whole time that it didn't really feel like a cloverfield movie at all and they just kind of tacked on the monster at the end oh yeah they did <laughs> they even said they did the reshoots of like the black guy on earth that wasn't even in the original one. Oh really yeah well, i haven't seen the new one yet but i just i just watched 10 cloverfield lane and in that um what the heck is his name john goodman John Goodman, yeah, sorry, I can't, how can I forget his name? Uh, he's a doomsday prepper. Yeah. And so then I was sitting there watching this, because, you know, they got the shows about doomsday preppers and all that stuff. Like Roseanne, also John Goodman. <laughs> That's doomsday preppers too, right? Yeah. Oh, anyways. <laughs> they're, they're rebooting it. Because yeah. yeah, they Korea. are. Uh, there we go. <laughs> bring back Roseanne. Yep. Uh, do you guys think that doomsday preppers, they just want to be super prepared and hope something doesn't happen? Or do they want something to happen so they can be like, oh, I was totally prepared for that situation? I think they want, I think they pretty obviously want something to happen. Do they? Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, it also is like a lot of like, uh, 
you know, people who buy into conspiracy theories and stuff, right? And all that's about hoping there's a grander scheme at hand. Oh, yeah. Are we allowed, to, are we allowed same... to spoil 10 Cloverfield Lane? Oh, yeah. Well, but you, didn't you just watch that? Yeah, like... So it can't be really be spoiled. I mean, for, for, for you mean for listeners? For our listening audience. Uh, let's, let's I don't know. It, it just came out like 10 years ago whenever it came out. Because <laughs> John Goodman definitely wanted something bad to happen, so he had an excuse to bring that girl... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Girl, I was actually yeah. gonna say the same thing because in the in the show twenty four there was a doomsday prepper in season two I think and captured uh, Kiefer Sutherland's daughter Alicia Cuth- played by Alicia Cuthbert and you she he definitely wanted the doomsday to happen and have Alicia oh, really? Cuthbert in that bunker with him oh oh yeah Alex actually got a photo with Kiefer Sutherland congratulations remember that Alex yeah voice <laughs> of Bosco and Marmaduke I just watched that film I also no submarines in Marmaduke. Wow! Just a big dog and stupid shit. It wasn't. It wasn't Kiefer. In what? I thought. Uh, no, it was. They were saying in Marmaduke. No, it was. It was his dad, Donald. That's who we got the picture. Of. Oh, oh Donald, Donald Sutherland. That's Not right. in Marmaduke. Shoot. <laughs> All right, and then um, something else that happened to me this week. That's really. It really uh, made me laugh. Uh, Jamie and I are in a bowling league together, mm-hmm. and so. Zach, this was uh, this really reminded me of a conversation that we've had before, um, where you know we talk about accidentally being a dick to somebody. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I I did this. Yeah. So Kyle's the worst, one of the worst players in the entire league. Probably actually, you're probably the worst player in the in the. League. I would think so. Like I've got um, the I've got the lowest average. But it's it's fine. There's only a hundred people in the league, so you're just <laughs> right. Yeah. Last. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. there's um there's this position that's up for grabs every year called LVP for least valuable player. Two time winner right here. I've won, I've won it the last two years. Yes. Last year I had lowest scratch score, but Jamie still got LVP. LVP. Thank you. And so there's this guy I was bowling against, and I and he is in. He's in last place right now, so he's going to get LVP. Almost certainly going to get LVP. Yeah, but I was I was in second to last, yeah. and so I was like, guys, I got to bowl head to head with this guy this week because like it's like a clash of the titans right now. You have to. It's going to basically determine who's going to be LVP. Yes, yeah. and he's he's much older, but um, <laughs> so like before it starts, I'm like, hey, do you ever check the online standings? He's like. No, I didn't yeah, really know no, we had no one online does, No one does except for us to make sure we're not getting LVP. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and he had no idea, so I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll bowl him, and I just, like, demolished yeah, him. Yeah, like, he informed this guy that he was last in the league and then proceeded to – and that he was also one of the worst in the league yes. and then proceeded to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, destroy him in bowling. So Jamie sent out a pretty good email because, like, I woke up and my back was really hurting. I was like, hey – Anybody see him like cut a lock of my hair off, and make a voodoo doll, and, and sticking me in the back because my back really hurts? And, so probably, yeah. Yeah, Jamie's email exactly is probably. I don't think he appreciated you informing him that he was in line for LVP. Then having you kick the shit out of him for two hours. Accidental dick. <laughs> yeah. He also didn't find it particularly amusing when I told him I was the two time champ. <laughs> <laughs> I looked him in straight in the eye and was like, I'm two time champ. It's no big deal. Like yep. as if as if that would make it better for him being the worst in the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, good. <laughs> Same as this idiot. Great. Nice, yes. nice job there, Kyle. I know. And so I want to hear from our listeners. Um, if you ever have a time when you've been an accidental dick, go ahead and email us. We, uh, if they're good, we'll read them on air. 
Our email address is MacEast Second Floor Studios at Gmail. That's M A C E A S T, the number two N D Floor Studios at Gmail.com. And they, I mean, they may as well just all send in the time that they did not send any emails to us as the time that they were accidental dicks because no one is sending emails for this. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains. Alex the Thoughtful, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. I think it's about time. We should probably tear right into this close the hatch, movie. Dive. Dive. And we're also going to be uh, kind of shepherding you guys through these a little bit faster than usual because mm-hmm. uh, we realize some of our recaps can get a little out of hand. So... After we spent nine minutes uh, talking about nothing. It's true. I actually (laughs) was thinking the same thing. Like We got this 20-minute introduction before we now can only recap the the movie for 20 minutes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, all right, let's get right to it. The movie we watched this week, what is it, Alex? Uh, K-19, The Widowmaker, starring Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson. Ooh. That was Harrison Ford? No, I'm just kidding. That was Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) It was his young brother, Jim Ford. Mm. (laughs) All right, so we open with a little bit of a a little uh, text on the screen again, um, a la Hostile Waters, kind of telling us that there were tensions at this point, real tensions. Yes, and that like Russia can destroy the world two times over, but hey, U.S. can do it ten times over. Yeah, so they're really looking to up their game a little bit. They want to make sure that they have the same firepower. And I loved it because when you start this movie, you are immediately on a submarine. Me on the submarine and immediately immersed in Russian accents, the subtlest they can find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, what was actually shocking is I had heard so much, so much is made of Harrison Ford's accent in this, and uh, like frankly, in a good way? frankly, all of the accents in this as being horrible, right? Oh yeah. But I was, I was actually kind of shocked that I had just assumed there was no accents at all. So you'd have Liam Neeson doing like a, a Northern Ireland accent or whatever he is, and then Harrison Ford doing an American, and that's what they were making fun of, but. They all kind of did the same accent, which was just a very, very subtly Russian accent. Mm-hmm. We um, should do it for this episode. Yeah, it wasn't. But it, I'm telling you, it's not. I didn't. I wasn't so um, shocked by it or or upset by it. It was subtle, but it was. I mean, it was not the worst it could have been. Like right. if Harrison Ford tried to do a deep Russian accent, that could have been hilarious. It would have been pretty great. But he just did a subtle one. I texted Kyle before this, and I'm like, we're definitely going to touch on how bad the accents were, right? <laughs> so Harrison Ford is not in the movie yet. Um, they're doing a test, and it's pretty obviously a test. I mean, they're not launching a nuclear missile in the first five seconds of a movie. <laughs> would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been awesome. But So anyways, they're kind of setting up the Liam Neeson is the captain, you know, because his dick is out. Thank you. <laughs> not reusing jokes there, am I, Kyle? <laughs> he, they go through all the motions, and the, one of my favorite parts is he kind of elbows the, the political officer out of the way mm-hmm. just to kind of throw it in to make sure everyone understands how much they hated the political officers it's pretty much it's like a big part of everything you read hunt for red october the book mm-hmm. hunt for yeah it in that they make fun of the political officers all day and, and a bunch of the other ones they're just like look at these jackasses look at these dicks and if you remember from phantom our favorite film oh, they yeah. really made fun of that political officer all day long so 
that was like a nice little like introduction to what we were up to. And they kind of go through this whole test and the circuits fry and we're revealed that it's a test and that uh, they're building a new submarine and they're really rushing it out to sea, but they haven't really been able to do a good job at getting it up and running. Yeah. And Liam Neeson wants it all to slow down. And so they're like, you're, they're like, oh, who, who's responsible for these circuits? And he's like, I am. Write my name down. And so right. they do, and he gets demoted. Yep, to XO. Yeah. And guess who's the new captain? Yeah, so it's a real run, silent, run deep type situation. Where it is. We, we get kind of like the older sub-captain who comes on, but they keep the the younger guy who everyone on the sub loves on as the XO. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, you're still our captain. You could take a dick out any time. We'll be fine. And he's like, like no, no, no. one guy who's always trying to get yeah. in his head. He's, he's like... A- you should be the captain. Really getting into his pants. He's trying to like get his dick out real quick. Like, yeah. no, you're the captain. He's like, no, no, don't. Stop that. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> fine. It's really fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so they really want to launch this new sub. It's kind of like state of the art, like whatever. But they're running into all these troubles. And and, and so they bring in this, uh, this kind of older captain, Harrison Ford, and his background is that his dad was like this political or this Russian hero, but... Um, was sent to the gulag because he was because he eventually was termed like an enemy of the state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like, it seems like he's always trying to make up for that. So he's a political tool of sorts. Like he's a guy who's going to deliver because he doesn't want to be the 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 guy who fails Mother Russia. Mother Russia in yep. the end. And so, uh, but everyone thinks it's cursed. Like so many people have died building it. So many people have died in like drills of trying to get it up and ready. Yes. And then right, right away, we're introduced to like the doctor doesn't get the right order on the ship. And you know, did you notice what they're loading into that sub? Oh, oranges. oranges. <laughs> I could have seen bananas too. There were some yellow fruit before. I was like, what are those? They're probably lemons. But I was like, are those fucking bananas? Are those bananas? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, oranges. Then, I was waiting for them to drop them. I was yeah. like, oh, for the love of God, please drop those oranges. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> perfect homage I would have been great I would have been like oh did Phantom take nothing or take everything from something like awesome we gotta drop oranges just like K-19 <laughs> that scene was incredible yeah and so he like the doctor's real like upset he's like I, I didn't get the medicine they gave me like horse shit basically and so I gotta run down this this thing and he runs into the street and gets hit by a truck and he gets killed and then almost immediately after like get a new doctor on board they get like a random the 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 guy who's like the doctor for the whole base yep. on board. He finds Harrison Ford when he first gets there, finds the the um, reactor guy, the ra- like, reactor officer drunk and kicks him off. But he's the best reactor officer in the entire Russian Navy. But they bring on a, a Denzel Washington type character. Yep. No I'm, experience. No all experience. School. All simulation. Well, but you know what was great? Point, but all um, school. was great with the uh, doctor, too, is we've seen this in people who have, you know, ailments that shouldn't even be on boats is he gets seasick yeah oh man oh they didn't make it a point in the movie though they should no they didn't he should have been puking the whole time i guess mm-hmm. eventually everyone was but yep uh uh and then to to kind of culminate all they they do a christening of the boat and harrison ford gives a speech and then some random lady goes up and tries to smash a champagne bottle on the hull and it does not break and that is not a good sign <laughs> yeah somebody's just like oh my god we're cursed yeah I thought it was funny, like, even yeah. one of the higher-up KGB people turned around and looked at the other captains, and his face was just like, oh, that just happened. But then oh, they didn't care. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep yeah. it going. I mean, of course not. I mean, that that'd be crazy if they were like, stop it. Or yeah. You mean when they when they throw it? Yeah, that was the most lump-wristed attempt at throwing that champagne bottle against the sub. I was that. actually going to say something. If it really was something that was going to freak everyone out, you better put some oomph into that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is you got to get any... someone up there. 
Is there any reason why it was uh, this woman was was she somebody special or probably someone high up in the Politburo or whatever they? But call they it. didn't tell us in the movie. Mm-mm. She was just somebody there. It should have been Nolan Ryan or something, bringing some American uh, fastball pitcher. Throw that thing at it. <laughs> that would have been uh, pretty great for Kenny Powers, right? So anyways, they still launch. Off they go. And the whole point of the mission that they're going to have is everything's up and running and good enough, but they're really doing one simple thing. They're going to go up into the Arctic. They're going to test launch a missile, which would be a simulation of a nuclear missile being launched Mm -hmm. to prove that they can do it. They want the Americans to see it so that they know that they can do that. And then that's it. That's, That's the entire thing. They need to be able to do just that one simple thing. And so off they go, but Harrison Ford is like, Drill master general. I mean, he's like Gene Hackman and Crimson Tide. I mean, at this point, we've watched so many. And Clark Gable. I, mean, I know. Yeah, yeah. It, Clark we've Gable watched, one for sure. We've watched so many sub movies that we just, they're all kind of the same. Other than kind of, yeah. Uh, and so he's like drill master general, and everyone's kind of grumbling about doing all these drills. Like, oh, they're drilling us. They're drilling us. And it doesn't help that, like, they do one drill, and a couple people get injured pretty seriously <laughs> while they're doing it. Oh, One man. guy's hand gets all mangled. Another guy gets, like, hit in the head by a torpedo. Yeah, a dude, he, just, he goes down hard. Yeah, I thought he was dead, but then they were like, no, nah, he's, he's, like, in the whatever. Mm-hmm. And so ever they, the morale's real down, and you get the sense that uh, Liam Neeson's character is kind of, like, the good guy. He's he's Everyone loves him. And likes him, and he's the real captain of, of sorts. And they're just like grumble, grumble, grumble. Like, yeah, we really listen to you. And so here you also you also see after some of these drills, yeah. uh, they're trying to like, you know, kind of enforce Russian. Um, I don't know, like state pride or something. Yeah. They start showing like videos of the KKK and oh, all yeah. this other stuff, and they're like. All look that stuff you bad. see, like Leave It to Beavers, American propaganda. They're like, look at all the bad stuff that's going on over there. Not totally inaccurate. <laughs> right. I mean, it's fairly true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so, anyways, I mean, the other thing they keep on showing is after these, some of these drills, the reactor guys are like getting a little nervous. Like, there's these pressure gauges that seem to like be hopping a little bit. Like, you touch them and the the thing will move a little bit and so they're they're curious of what's going on and a little concerned but not concerned enough and not experienced enough really mm-hmm. to bring it up to the captain as being a potentially serious problem yeah um and so they decide i mean at this point they're getting close to where they're they're supposed to be launching and stuff like that and so one of the next drills that harrison ford does at this point is he's going to dive Oh, and he's going to dive deep. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. He's going to run silent. Well, he's going to mostly run deep, but not silent. And He's he, going to like 250 meters down. That's and, what you think. And Liam Neeson's like, dude, that's close to, or that's unnecessary. Yeah, and he, don't do it. And then they go to 300. Oh, he's yeah. like, that's close to crush Crushed death. death. <laughs> <laughs> Mark it down in the book. Another crush death. Oh, yeah. And it. Ford just like looks at him. He's like, I know. Oh, oh, oh no. The weirdest thing in here, they show actually the, the, the Hulk crushing a little bit. At a yeah, point. like the uh, the sail up top is bending in. And that definitely didn't happen. I mean, they've, they've even said that they've, they've run things in crush depth and nothing seemed to happen. Like, I don't think there's ever been a case where they've had a, a sub that they got back and kind of were able to look at that had physical, you know, evidence of being at crushed depth, other than ones that have been crushed right. at depth, kind <laughs> of. So, I mean, that was kind of, that was a bit ridiculous and Hollywoodized, I think. Yes. But so then, like, immediately after, after this. Like, emergency go up, like, emergency um, surface. Yep. He's like, we're going to bust through the freaking ice. Yeah. And they're like, how thick is it? And they're like, well, it's less than a meter thick. It's just a meter. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 
He, like, he, oh, I guess that's it's not too terribly thick. Sure. He referenced the weather this time of year. He's like, ah, that'll that it's gonna be even less than that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's melting. That was from a week ago. It's totally like what? Like just under a meter at that yeah. point. He's like an expert and, weatherman now. Yeah. And so they they're going up and they're going up fast. And, and they're like Neeson is pissed. Yeah, he's like, This Neeson's is re- reckless. He goes back to his bunk and starts crying on his bunk pretty much. He's like, yeah. I don't want to see you. I hate you, Dad. Yeah. And shows, shuts the door. <laughs> he's got a picture of Harrison Ford and he's throwing darts in. Yeah, it. he's like, Fuck you, Dad. I learned it from you. And uh <laughs> he so they they're they're rising, rising, rising and going so fast and everyone's real nervous. And they bust through the ice and even Harrison Ford's like, oh, fuck. Did I, like, overstep my bounds a little bit? But they bust through the ice, and everything seems fine. Yeah. But it was, like, really unnecessarily risky, and that's what Liam Neeson like. Harrison Ford comes over and is like, Liam Neeson, you're going to be in my book when I report this, I said in a southern accent. And uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and uh, I know. That would have been even funnier. That was so much better. <laughs> but uh, And then Liam Neeson's like, you're also going to be in my book. Like, we're, we're both writing each other up. I'll write you up. You'll write me up. Like, I don't give a fuck. And then and, they do, um, and then because they got to launch this missile for the yeah. test, they do this missile launch, and I thought this was just awesome, like the way it. it was filmed. It, it actually rem- cool. it reminded me a little bit of Phantom as well, because they did a they didn't actually launch the missile, but there was something. I think it was all like in their heads what they were imagining was happening, mm-hmm. and it was somewhat similar, kind of the the missile going off. Oh yeah, and launching out of the sub. This one I thought was cool because they yeah. zoom out, all you see is like the sail sticking out of the ice, yeah. and then just looks like some kind of meteor shooting away from Earth, yeah. but just. Wham! Takes off, freaking awesome. Then they all play soccer. Yeah. yeah so they're Harrison all they're all Ford, playing. Harrison yeah. Ford's like completely vindicated at this point. At this point, I'm yes. thinking like I'm I'm surprised Harrison Ford signed on to a movie that required this much full frontal male nudity. It's true. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he's he's feeling himself so much that everyone's like, pull that dick out, pull that dick. He's like, fine, fine, and he pulls out his dick. Yep. Yeah. Um, Flops it on the side of the boat. He's like, I'm your captain now. It gets Baby. stuck because it's cold. Uh, yeah. Ten minutes, trying to get, <laughs> kind of get it off. That was mo- mo- most of the movie, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like Joe Dirt, where the dog's balls yeah. get so, froze. But it's true. I mean, it's similar in some way. It's similar to Run Silent Run Deep in that, like, he's this drill master, drill master. But then when they do something that's really extraordinary for them, I mean, at that point, uh, the crew is basically like super jazzed. Like they're really happy about what they've mm-hmm. done. They're playing soccer. They're they're really psyched, but. Liam Neeson and some of the other officers are not as thrilled. I mean, similar to right. uh, Run Silent Run Deep, they, they were kind of like, mm, "What? What does this really mean? And why did we do that?" And in the end, we get an idea, which is that Harrison Ford didn't want just just to be a test. He didn't want to be a guy who just wanted to test. Mm-hmm. He wanted this to be a wild success and such a wild success that they were then sent out immediately to be part of active duty, and that's yep. exactly what happened. They're told to go to the U.S. coast in between Washington, D.C. and New York City and kind of hang there and kind of, I mean, metaphorically pull out their dick to the United States and be like, look what we're hanging right now. Yeah, and they're like, if you're going to launch at us, look what we got sitting right outside one of your largest cities and your capital, by the way. Yeah, so they're kind of going, their course goes right by a NATO base, and that's a little important for the later stuff because as they kind of head that way, that the the problem with the reactor finally comes to a head and they get a rupture in the coolant system and uh everything goes to shit basically i mean they're they're going to melt down in a matter of hours at this point um and so everyone's freaked out because what are they supposed to do at this they need to they need to somehow fix this thing and if they can't fix it they need to scuttle it and get into boats and get in contact with the nato and kind of give up which no one wants to do mm-hmm. so 
the only option they have, and they've decided they have basically two options. One is scuttle that boat, or two, they can try to put fresh their fresh water supply into the reactor. But they have to kind of like jerry-rig this yeah. whole piping system and do all these welds to get it to feed into the Which reactor. Which means they have to have people go into this reactor that's melting down. So really high radiation. Yes, and they don't have radiation suits because the warehouse when they left dry yeah. dock didn't have them. So all they have is chemical suits. I think that would have been an important fact to know when they were <laughs> taking right. orders from Moscow. And like, well, can we actually stop back in home real quick? And maybe yeah. pick up like the many supplies that we don't have right now. Like right. even the, the backup system for the coolant didn't work because they left so quickly. They didn't have radiation suits because they left so quickly. There's like a million things that they didn't have because they left so quick. Oh, yeah. the the their main source of communication uh, malfunction because they didn't have like a sealant for when they dove after surfacing, so that got all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. It's so they, they were screwed. But so when they show the first two guys walking in the reactor, you kind of know it's going to be bad. Oh, it's going to be real bad because you start hearing these like bells just tolling. You're like, oh yeah, those guys are going to die. And it's it's weird too because they're like, oh, these suits aren't going to help at all. And like Liam Neeson refers, he's tell like, it to him. <laughs> he's like, we might as well just wear raincoats. Yeah, just tell it's going to work. It's real. It's kind of pretty sad. So like they have three groups of people going to do it, each a series of welding. And there's two people who volunteer from third watch and reactor because they feel like it's their fault that they didn't catch this earlier. It was right. their watch uh, when they discovered or in, when the thing blew, the coolant system blew. So they feel like it's their fault. They should have seen it. And so they volunteer and they get totally fucked up and they come out and they everyone look like is, the living dead yeah thank god the second crew didn't see them first because they went in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they're fine but third crew which involves the reactor the, the peter inexperienced Sarsgaard. Yeah, peter sarsgaard he's like what the fuck <laughs> oh my <laughs> god and i would not have a different reaction i'm like i would have been him that's me like i am not going in there <laughs> first of all if they had a vote i would have been like scuttle this boat yeah i'm getting in this boat. <laughs> scuttle this boat scuttle this boat like, but run mother russia i'm like i don't give a fuck about mother russia i don't give a fuck about anything i'm getting in this light boat scuttle this boat Peter Sarsgaard, really our only hint of a love story in the movie. We get to see a, a scene early in the, in the film where he uh, departs uh, for the ship and leaves behind his, the love of his life that he's going to marry when he gets back. Yeah, I did find it weird, the 20-minute scene they had in the middle of him masturbating to her picture. But, it, I mean, it was necessary to the story, really. It really was. Yeah. Well, they had to get that Juergen's um, product plug. That's true. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so they, he totally chickens out. Uh, but, again, don't blame him. You are dying. <laughs> like <laughs> if you go in there, you are dead. So yeah. I'm not necessarily uh, blaming him, but someone else, the chief of of the chief of the uh, boat, kind of goes in his, in his stead, and they run in there and they finish the job and they they're able to close it up and uh, seal it off and they're kind of running okay. Yep. And then Ford is like, "All right, we got to turn this GD thing around. Yep. Like we got to go back to base." But they're just crawling. Yeah. So I mean. Neeson still has a problem. One, he kind of thinks they should just go to the NATO base, which is pretty close by. But they'd have to surrender themselves. They'd have to, to the surrender Americans. themselves. They could scuttle the boat still, but they'd have to surrender themselves. And, you know, Harrison Ford doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to be a traitor like his dad was perceived to be. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, no, we're going to go back. But they're crawling. They're going like five knots, like just super duper slow, asking for trouble, asking for it to yeah, break and, and melt and down And above water, too. Like they weren't even yeah. under. Yeah. So it just it doesn't it, he he's. Liam Neeson's pretty pissed, and so are some of the other crew people as well. Like, they're really being put in danger for the right. sake of the boat and for the sake of the country. And so at this point, I mean, the radiation levels are rising so much inside the boat that when they're surfaced, Ford's like, everybody 
like who's non-essential right now to running this get outside and get as far away from yeah. this as you can so people are just like hanging on top of the boat as they they sail along and there's starting to be discussions of a mutiny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is the guy who's been putting thoughts in uh neeson's head the whole movie yeah he's like, like dude he keeps on trying to get that dick out trying yeah. to be like you're our captain and neeson's like slapping his hand away like no like I'm not your captain, it's fine. But so he he kind of collaborates with the political officer. Like you have the authority to relieve the captain of his duties. When the time is right, you got to do it. So, anyways, they they end up being seen by a U.S. destroyer, and the destroyer's there, and they don't didn't know it was a U.S. at first, but then they they find out, mm-hmm. and so they're like, okay, we could surrender right now. They have to help us. We could scuttle the boat, get into life uh, rafts, and they could help us. And Ford's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. At the exact same time, the reactor fails again, so things are really going south, and then a, f- a fire breaks out as well. Well, yeah, because they're trying. They have so to. Everyone. They have to yeah. dive they're, again. They're going to dive again. They're going to basically leave the dive to get away from the U.S. destroyer, and uh, because or and because of the reactor, yep. uh, they don't want to blow up everything basically on the surface. <laughs> yeah. Some guy jumps off the top. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going back in there. And then the fire loved, does randomly break out. Yeah, I would have loved to see the the second story for that guy as he like <laughs> swims to the destroyer. It's like. <sighs> And then get pulled on board, and we see his rest of his life in the United States. <laughs> well, no, that that fire broke out. That fire broke out because that other guy tried escaping too. Once the hatch was already down, and they were trying to they were trying to settle him down. Yeah, so he jumped. He, yeah, that one guy jumped off the boat. They start to dive, so they close the the hatch, and another guy tries to get out, and they knock over or light light the uh, the buckets of fuel on fire right. that have been kind of sitting around. Well, that was that was the fuel that was the fuel from the missile because uh, to get the to get the piping for the water system uh, for what they jerry rigged they had to there was a leak f- from that yeah. so then they just put the fuel into the bucket so that's where it was yeah. from and so Neeson goes off to help fight this fire and they kind of get it under control but at the same time this is when the guy acts and he pulls out a gun and says you've been relieved of your duties and handcuffs Harrison Ford to a, a piping system yeah. or whatever <laughs> they just leave him handcuffed in the bridge yeah and because. So yeah, this, they probably should have. They probably should have done Crimson Tide. Put him in. Put him in his room. Yeah. everything would have been a little bit better. Probably they did this without Liam Neeson's knowledge. Because right, Liam Neeson yeah. was going down to like help turn on the fire suppression system in case things really got out of hand. Yeah. And so when he comes back up to the bridge because they're calling him. Yeah. They're like, hey, you're not the captain. <laughs> yeah, you're not the like, captain. And they're like, quickly take out your dick. And Liam Neeson's like, oh yeah, no, no, totally, I totally will. But definitely, just give me that gun. I first. will definitely take out my dick, but I need a gun first. If you know what I mean, like I definitely need a gun before I'm gonna take out my dick. Like I can't just have a dick out and like no gun in my hand. Like <laughs> yeah, that, makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So here's here's a gun, and I also need those handcuffs keys. Like I definitely need those too before I take out my dick. Like okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, here's the handcuff keys. Yep. And then he's like. You're under arrest. I'm not your captain. This guy is. And then he, uh, first he takes out Harrison Ford's dick and then unhandcuffs him. And it's a little <laughs> weird why he chooses that order, but yeah. like. He's like, yeah. he just could have let him do it on his own. Could have, but no. But it was more of like, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, let him know he believes in him as a captain. Great. Um, so glad this is what it's devolved into. What, our discussions? Yeah. Into just multiple <laughs> dick jokes all the time? <laughs> it's, a, it's a helpful tool for displaying, to conveying is. what exactly happened. Yeah, in the establishing dominance in yeah. a sub. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of get a hint of, of that, that Liam Neeson's going to do this because Harrison Ford's kind of saying like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Like, this is the wrong time to be taking command from me when we were supposed to be diving. Like you don't, right. I don't you don't really understand why we're diving. And so you don't understand like what, what's going to happen right now. And so Liam Neeson kind of explains like, we have to die, but you have to ask the crew, you have to make them believe why 
it's important that we do this. Mm-hmm. And he explains that basically they're diving so that if something it does go catastrophically wrong, if they can't fix it, that the explosion won't destroy everything and set off an, uh, a conflict, right? A nuclear conflict between the United States and Russia. And so with the reactor temperature rising, Peter Sarsgaard character he finally redeemed. Goes in there, yeah. yeah, he's like, all right, I got to fix this thing. So he goes in. It's Harrison, also probably like I'm probably going to die anyways. Right, so I'm I might as well try here. to do something about yeah. it. So he goes in there, and then Harrison Ford comes down, and he's like, where's that guy at? And the guy's like, well, he's been in there for like 18 minutes. Yeah. Harrison Ford, total beast mode, just opens the door, no suit on, goes and grabs and rips him out of there. Yeah. And it's it's all fixed. Yeah, so uh, it's all fixed. So the, he's like, okay, basically we're fucked. But they start to see the temperature going back down, and Peter Sargard, Peter Sarsgaard has done it. So they're able to um, – kind of get everything under control they surface again and harrison ford's like okay i'm ready to do this get back in contact with the u.s destroyer we're gonna give over the crew we'll scuttle the boat i'm gonna stay on i'm gonna scuttle the boat oh okay so we're doing pretty well yeah Yeah. we're doing pretty well and so i really like that (laughs) (laughs) that's a great feature there kyle that's our submarine uh letting us know that the enemy, our greatest enemy, the clock, is nearby. <laughs> Very uh, nice addition. Yeah. And so uh, he's like, okay, we'll surface the sub, and we'll get this U.S. destroyer to help us. So they surface the sub, and they're like, he's like, I'll scuttle the boat. You all can leave. And he's like, well, you don't have to. And they kind of have having all these cutscenes to Russia, and basically Russia's been sending, they're going to send like a Russian um, sub over to rescue them as well. They kind of mm-hmm. had an inkling. That something must be wrong, and yep. they had they unbeknownst to the crew, they had sent a sub over to kind of find them, and so this sub surfaces right before they're gonna go and scuttle the boat, and they're gonna rescue them instead, and so they kind of say to Russia like, "Oh, permission to board this submarine," and Russia's like, "Nope, stay on that submarine. You're gonna get you're gonna have an escort and get st- and get towed back to Moscow, but you have to stay on the submarine." And Harrison Ford's like. Fuck that! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's dying on here. Everyone, get onto that bus. They 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 just abandon the ship and still get it towed back. But mm-hmm. they're like, we're not. We're, hell no, we're not going to stay on this. And so then they show, you know, I mean, Harrison Ford's in some kind of like court martial. There's like twenty and, goddamn minutes of the end of this film. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Just cut that thing. They <laughs> really could have ended it. it. But Neeson defends him. He's like, it'd be an honor to serve under him again. And then mm-hmm. there's like a flash forward to where the Berlin Wall falls and. They're 28 years older, and all of a sudden, his whole crew's in a graveyard, and and just they end the movie by drinking vodka. Yeah, and they say one more time, one more time. <laughs> and Harrison Ford's like, okay, and pulls out his dick one more time. Yep. Yeah, and that's and that's about how the movie goes. Yep. The liver spots on that final dick scene were just a really impressive make makeup. I was going to say, yeah, it actually was probably uh, where you felt like most of the budget probably went, right? Yeah. So that final dick. <laughs> $25 million for Harrison Ford, $25 million for that final dick. Craziness. <laughs> All right, so let's go around. Uh, let's see here. Alex, what you, uh, what'd you think about this ratings-wise? Uh, I love this movie. I don't know. I grew up watching it. I'll give it like an 8.8 out of 10 or 12. Ooh. Really, he's always uh, doing so, the odd numbers. Yeah, uh, I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like it. The cast is great. I know you guys already, you know, said that the uh, their Russian accents were really bad, but I mean, at least they tried better than Phantom, where they didn't try at all. Yeah, I was, uh, I was surprised at how not, not dis- like 
I thought they were going to be either really bad attempts at an accent or like Phantom, nothing. But it right. wasn't. There was something. They were doing something. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't good accents. I don't know. I didn't. Th- I, I wasn't so like upset by them. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't upset by it. I mean, if it was really super bad, it would have taken away from the movie. I mean, overall, you know, the first hour and like 20 minutes, it's just regular submarine stuff that we've seen from other movies. And, you know, once the once the meltdown actually happens, then it really does get suspenseful and you're kind of on the edge of your seat, like trying to figure out, okay, what's really going to happen. Uh, and so I like it. I like the suspense, you know, them being trapped underwater and these kinds of things. I think I've said that before in other movies. Um, so, yeah, I really like it. I'll give it like an 8.8. All right, dude. Solid rating. Solid rating from the Mustard Man. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> we're definitely we're getting this nickname going. Yeah. You have any, uh, what's your favorite kind of mustard? I know it's kind of off topic, but you like that like normal French's just yellow, or do you like a good stone ground or a Dijon or a honey? I could eat any of them. Uh, but, talking to the Mustard Man. Yeah. Great yeah, poop right. just... My least favorite is is honey mustard. I'll put it that way. I like giving oh, really? a lot. So yeah. He has no response for Grey Poupon, but he's just like... <laughs> I hate honey mustard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's up next for the for the rating? Zach, what do you think about this movie? What do I think about this movie? <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> um, that's like that's, I love that because that's like what they told you to do in like high school yeah. when you're answering a question. Like start out by like <laughs> by <laughs> letting him know. Yeah, <laughs> repeating the question. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So my thoughts on K nineteen. I I. It's not as good as I was hoping it would be. I had it kind of built up in my head that this movie was supposed to rock my socks. Instead, it just knocked my socks around. Uh, <laughs> I definitely like, like that it was Liam and Harrison together. If right. it was two no names, I definitely oh, yeah. would have dropped my score here. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5 inch. Um, it was that's good. Hi- that's higher than I thought you were going to give it. Give I, it I was... It. Between five and a half and seven and a half, but I'll give mm-hmm. it the upper just because I really like both those actors. Okay. Um, the scenes I liked the best were those intense scenes when they were having to do the repairs and you didn't know what was going on because I didn't realize, you know, I didn't know the history behind it or anything. So when they started going in there with the radiation, I was like, dude, this is about to get real crazy, like that scene from uh, The Rock when the radiation's popping them. Remember that scene, guys? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. that's a good movie. Um, but uh, is there a submarine in that one so we can watch that one? Yeah, I I would love to do that. Um, there should be a submarine escape scene from Alcatraz, isn't that? I mean, there oh, should oh, be. Man. Well, they have those little those little mini hand those hand they got little things, hand right? Ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that considered a submersible? <laughs> no, not really. Probably not. But I you know I didn't mind. I like you know the actors were good. Some of the scenes were intense. Uh, I feel like the last half an hour dragged, but yep. Uh, I did watch the movie at one point two five times the speed to get it i was actually i was thinking the same i was thinking of doing the exact same thing i was like i bet i could watch this at 1.5 speed (laughs) i (laughs) I couldn't get it to work on my computer (laughs) so uh, yeah 7.5 done it is a long movie Mm -hmm. all right who who else we got all right brom what do you think about this all right so i'm starting to flesh out my spectrum of sub movies here i I did watch black sea which you uh covered in the previous episode the K-19 Widowmaker is going to come in at a 7 inches out of 10 for me. Uh, I, uh, uh, Harrison Ford, Liam Neeson, awesome duo here. Almost one of those cases where you don't even know who to list first. You got just two superstar actors you know, working with each other here on this. 
And uh, the, the the accents really did bother me, though. I was like, I was ready for it when Harrison Ford first showed up. I'm like, oh, he's going to be Russian. I, I didn't know anything about the background of this story or this movie. So it, he he could have been like a American, you know, submariner or something like that that comes in into the into the story here. But no, he ends up, you know, being a Russian captain here. So I was I was ready. I was excited to hear it. You know, the first you know bits of dialogue and. It was kind of a letdown. They just kind of like papered over it. I think Liam Neeson did sort of the same thing. You could still hear sort of his, mm-hmm. you know, Irish accent, yeah. and it kind of, <laughs> kind of threw me. But I mean, it didn't ruin or derail the whole movie or anything like that. But they could have done with a, little, a few more Russian actors to give it a little authenticity. But right down the list, it was all you know English and American actors. But ultimately, a great movie. Awesome to you know, you know, this was all based on a true story, right? I mean, yep. Mm-hmm. It just, is similar, similar in a lot of ways to Hostile Waters, and I'll yes, explain that a little bit later. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, mo- it's a, it's a story told, kind of by a lot of interviews with the Russian side of things. The American Navy is generally more clammed up about some of these things, and the Russians have been a little more open since the uh, <laughs> the fall of they the USSR. Yeah. Like whatever, that was all in the past. So, Hostile Waters was almost entirely from their viewpoint, and this one is almost entirely from a memoir that one of the captains wrote. Yep. Well, yeah. I enjoyed it. Again, seven out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right, so I'll let the the captain go last, and I'll go next. Um, I'm actually I was kind of waiting for everyone else's scores because uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to give it. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I've been trying. To, I think I've been trying to keep things pretty flat. I don't know if I've ever done half inches. For these guys, but I think I'm going to do it this time because I don't think this is a six inch for me. I think that's too low, but I don't think it's a seven inch. It's a little high. So I'm going to go in at 6.5. I actually was disappointed uh, by this film. I was expecting to really like it, to think it was like underrated. It's a 60% Rotten Tomato film. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, maybe it just was uh, just a little ahead of its time. Catherine Bigelow since then has uh, an Oscar winning uh, director, multiple Oscar nominated director. And I just thought, well, maybe they didn't understand what she was up to or her or her style um, to give it its full credit or whatever. But I thought this was slow as shit. That first hour where they were just doing a test, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know why I should care about this motivations or what's going on. Like, they're doing a missile test. Like, fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, not freaking do it. It's not even the same as like doing drills and during run silent run deep where you're like, okay, yeah, they're running drills cuz you know they're going to be going after this, you know, Japanese sub commander that they're or d- destroyer commander that they're interested in sinking, but right. like this you didn't even understand. I mean, I get in some ways it was like, you know, Crimson Tide in that way, but at least in Crimson Tide they were going on patrol when there was an actual conflict going on in Russia. This was nothing. Nothing was going on. I got the sense that this was all sort of embellishment. It it seemed it seemed to me like maybe the nuclear meltdown was really the only interesting that happened with this whole story in real life. So they had to they had to add something to spice up the and and basically make a film out of it. Yeah, but it's a it's an hour it's an hour and a half film stretched out to two two hours and seventeen minutes by adding all that stuff in, and then they add this whole end to it as well. Like it basically has about forty five minutes uh, to an hour of interesting kind of fun suspenseful stuff to it and Mm -hmm. then more than that is not that so um i was kind of surprisingly bored by it although i again i I didn't think the acting was or the accents were as bad as i thought they were going to be so the acting overall was a actually a surprisingly better part than i thought it was going to be but yeah I, i was i'm a little down on it and i don't i don't disagree with that and zach i kind of echo what you were saying with um 
you expected to like him more. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I really did. I mean, you got Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson, who are just great actors, and I did have it really built up really high in my mind. Uh, and like you guys are saying, it kind of drug on. In the yeah. end, I was like, just freaking end it. Yeah. Like, we don't got to go through this. Like, why are we watching the fall of the Berwyn Wall and all that stuff going on right now? But I, it had a lot of elements I really liked. But at the same time, it did kind of drag things out unnecessarily. So I'm going to go ahead and throw down uh, 6.9. Wow. Uh-oh. Oh. Still comes in pretty good. Yeah. No, That's I hard. mean... I'd recommend watching it, but yeah, it's not it's not my favorite sub movie that we've no, watched yet. No. And it's inter- it's an interesting. I think I, I still think the directing is interesting, and that the story it tries to tell is interesting. It's yes. just I was surprised at how slow it was. That it wasn't so, about some conflict or some uh, emergency that happens sooner than maybe an hour and fifteen minutes into the film. Yes, yeah. and the. Um, I even watched the behind the scenes on this movie because, oh. uh, you know, they were on the DVD. Some of the older movies, they, you know, don't care about doing that type of stuff. There's a lot of interesting things with this, but I'll touch on them after you do your trivia and all that stuff yeah, in yeah. case you miss them. I'm going to be using some of them, I think. Okay. But what do we want to do? Do we want to do that one as the next section or do we want to do... I, uh, why, don't, why don't I actually start with... I'll do subs worldwide. I'll do it. Right now. It's Jamie's favorite segment, guys. I'm just going to go to sleep over in the corner real quick. <laughs> so... I, for this movie, <laughs> decided I would do the K-19 submarine, uh, which is a hotel class. A what? Hotel. Like yeah. a hotel. Like a like hotel. A, like one of those things you sleep in? Yeah, you know, where you like go on the counter and they give you a little key card. And not the, not the kind where you get a key and like you open right out to the street. That's a motel. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. I would, I would love it if there was a motel class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a hotel class. That's a weird name for some. It is. So these are the uh, they're Russian nuclear-powered ballistic submarines. They were originally put into service in 1959. And the very first one that was made was the K-19. Dun-dun-dun! So, that, that's the name of the movie, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, right? Isn't that cool? Isn't that weird how that worked out? The one, <laughs> the one that they actually use in the movie is not a, a hotel class. It is a Juliet class. Ooh. But it's a better, did, better name. They did all sorts of retrofitting and stuff, so it looks exactly like one. But uh, uh, anyway, these things are 374 foot long. They use two nuclear water reactors. The speed, when they're surfaced, they can go 18 knots. When they're submerged, they can cruise along at 26, which is pretty fast for these older subs. And it's originally equipped with a D2 launch system. And so this includes three vertical launch tubes that were right behind the sail. But so with these... The sub has to be surfaced. So this this makes a lot of sense for the movie because this is the first one, the first one made. So eventually, all these subs except for one were retrofitted, or not, I don't know, that's not the right word. They were refitted with a D4 launch system so they can now launch missiles while they're 52 feet below the surface. They gave it in meters because they're over in Russia, but uh, I don't care that. about that. And um, so to launch, they just need to flood the tubes before they can do that. None of these are even still running. They've all been turned into scrap. Great. (laughs) And the original K-19 was decommissioned in 1991, but some of the later ones were even started to be scrapped in 87. So So they still use this after the nuclear meltdown? This K-19? Yes. The the, the original boat, yeah. This one, yeah, yeah. It actually was kind of, it was like a shockingly 
cursed boat of sorts. There was multiple issues, uh, multiple accidents that had with it. Wouldn't there a be a problem that... with it being irradiated or anything like that? They don't care. In I don't know. I mean, they probably, yeah, I don't know what they would have to do with it. <laughs> Give it a good scrub down. Yeah, Mr. maybe. Clean. <laughs> Another sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scrub down your sub. <laughs> you need a good sub scrub, Mr. Clean. All right. That was thrilling. I do love <laughs> subs worldwide. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so what, what do we want to do next? Uh, let's see. Brom, do you got anything for us? All right, no, I'm workshopping some power rankings, and uh, I'm going to start doing those, but uh, I don't have anything for tonight. I was going to work on one about like films that had uh, two co-stars that were like just so you know, super powered super basically that, mm. that you wouldn't know who to list first. Ooh. But, uh, this is one of those movies. Yeah. Like this Bill is and definitely Ted. one. With or, the guy who played Bill and the guy who played Ted. <laughs> <laughs> or face off. Right. Oh, face off oh, is a real one. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a pretty good movie. That's a good one. Actually, the, the, the previous mention, the rock is another one. Is it Sean it is, Connery yeah. or is it Nick yeah. Cage? Who knows? Or Ed or Harris. Harris yeah. yeah, come on. I think you got to list Sean Connery first on that. I think they did. Uh, Ed, Harris. Ed Harris. It's Ed Harris. Is the oh, really? Uh, yeah. Welcome to The Rock. That was Ed Harris. Great Ed Harris impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Man, I wish I wish that movie had a sub in it so we could do it. That's got yeah. some great lines. Alas. Maybe we can make it new edited version with a submarine in it. Yes, that's what uh, that's what the next season will be about. Movies that should have subs. Right. Ooh, that'd be perfect. Uh, Alex, do you have any? Uh, you got any good news for us? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be good. I just any news. <laughs> news. Well, Mostly, okay. it's not been good. Yeah, sub news is never really good news. So, I, uh, if you may recall from a couple weeks ago, I was telling you guys a story about uh, India and how they had their first nuclear submarine. <laughs> and they totally screwed it up. Yep. And they totally screwed it up, exactly. Well, turns out uh, China has decided to get in on this. Ooh. And from an article I pub- or I just found. You published? Uh, <laughs> not that I published. No, sorry, that I found. <laughs> uh uh, China has now started making fun of India about it and what? explicitly calling India's Navy too amateurish. No. <laughs> posted this in their own uh, in some Chinese uh, newspaper as well, just going in on it. They said not well educated and lack the necessary knowledge to operate advanced weaponry and just go on to like totally destroy it. They posted a picture of an elephant, which I guess is supposed to be India, holding uh, a submarine and clearly having issues with it. It's pretty no. funny. No way. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, they're going in at it pretty hard. So I thought that was pretty funny that for whatever reason, China, you know, instead of trying to help India, you know, nourish these and be, you know, someone that can help them. Uh, they just decided to start making fun of them. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And then I've got another article that. It's not really quite news yet, but in 20 years, they said it will be big news. Uh, <laughs> All right. So take note, guys. 20 NASA uh... <laughs> has actually started to research and develop a unmanned submarine that they will send to Saturn's sea-covered moon of Titan. Uh, Word to... up. No yeah. Yep. I'm telling you guys, that is that is where we're going to find extraterrestrial life. It is – I would – this is this is going to happen. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing so, news. So they uh, they said that hopefully their timetable is that this thing takes off in twenty years. Um, right now they said that you know some of the biggest problems that they're having is just in terms of 
you know, they're not exactly 100% sure what it's made of there, what the chemicals are for this water. Mm. And they don't know what kind of pressure they're going to be dealing with out there either. So uh, they're trying to simulate some research stuff from this article I'm reading. But that's their plan, that they want to actually send a submarine. NASA wants to send a submarine to Titan. So I thought that that's was pretty pre- neat. That's really neat. Because the thing is, is like we have underwater volcanoes here on Earth, right? And it's that you have this really deep sea that's really cold. And on some somewhere like that moon, it's going to be even colder, right? And it's going to be really, yeah. really cold. But they have these volcanoes that kind of heat it up and create its own little world. So you can go to they've sent like submersibles to these volcanoes and the life there is like amazing and basically Mm -hmm. lives entirely around this little volcano. That is where legitimately there could be life on some of these moons. Like if they're not going to be on the surface, it's too cold. They don't get enough sun and all this stuff. But there's this internal heat source that exists like is in these in in the water which is basically what life needs water and so they could actually find extraterrestrial life on these planets that's amazing i'm excited probably going to be you single cell organi- celled organisms and stuff like that or do you yeah. think they'll find intelligent life not intelligent life there will not be mermaids on these planets but there might oh, be some man that'd be sweet can't wait for some mermen too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some glist- glistening abs, am I right? <laughs> the way Zach was like, yeah. Yeah, mermen. <laughs> All right, I'm going to save the last or the best for last. So, I, I mean, unless you don't have Zach facts. You I've got Zach, Zach facts. facts. Okay, so you're going last. Yeah, you're I'm going, going last. now. Oh, All okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to start with uh start with a little trivia. Um I'm doing this a little bit on the fly. So <clears throat> let's uh, let's start this. Okay. So there were kind of two different reports on how the crew, the surviving crew, felt about this. When they first read the script, they were incest. They were angry about all the Hollywoodized versions okay. of what had been put in there. Um, they didn't like how the crew. There was like a mutiny. I think that's pretty much every movie you hear. It's like the the, the crew is like, wait, what? Not there's no mutiny. They didn't like how there was handcuffs and guns involved in the last scene because those are on lockdown. There right. wouldn't even really have been handcuffs on the uh, submarine, really. And then uh, they didn't like the profane language. Not allowed on a Russian sub. Really? Yep. And, yeah, they didn't like the fact that there was a drunk crew member that was uh, kicked off. Um, yeah, and they didn't like the insubordination, the general insubordination of the crew. Huh. But then uh, there were all the reports say that they were actually a little happier with the the movie once it came out once they understood that it was kind of for entertainment value that these things were added right because they they felt like it was a pretty good representation of what had happened it's not a documentary as some call it and so the other thing uh was directors and producers which i think included harrison ford um he was an executive producer yeah they were the first western civilians ever allowed inside the russian naval base on the Kola Peninsula, where we Ooh. see them showing up, so they actually got to see some, you know, pretty top secret stuff. Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, when they when they got to doing some of the research for this uh, for this movie. Let's see what was another one. Uh, oh, this was a good one. So you know how it glowed blue, like the liquid. Oh yes, yeah. in the nuclear reactor. Oh reactor. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's a real thing. It's not just for Hollywood effect. So that's an effect called the uh, Cherenkov effect. And it's it's it happens with radiated water, uh, glows blue. Wow! And uh, they, uh, in order to simulate it, they poured a bunch of tonic water into the water, and that has quinine in it. And so by show uh, by um, hmm. 
using UV light, they were able to make it glow blue. No kidding. Yeah. So that's like a real thing. They tried to be real accurate and did a little movie magic to uh, to make it that way. That's pretty cool. Yep. Another one. Uh, fourth fact before I get it to my fifth uh, alternate casting um, section of it. The fourth Ooh. one is that Harrison Ford was paid $25 million for this role. And there's a funny story of a uh, cinematographer was shooting a scene and they were trying to get trying to figure out what the eye, what Harrison Ford's eyeline was. What is what was he looking at? He wasn't looking at the camera. He wasn't looking at another character. So the cinematographer was like, what are you looking at? And he said, I'm staring deep into my soul. And he said, well, where is it? And he goes, my soul is buried under a, a pile of money. So it seemed like Harrison Ford was uh, was not particularly happy with um, how things kind of turned out with this film. But uh, he did get paid $25 million, which was one-fourth of the budget. So that's great. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. A fourth of the budget. Yeah. How much especially... did Liam Neeson get? Uh, Liam Neeson wasn't a huge star at this point. So I don't know. I don't know what he would have gotten for this. I'm going to guess probably three or four. Yeah, something like three million. I don't know. Hmm. Which, uh, that's insane that that's a quarter of the budget. Yeah. Because I was watching the behind the scenes, and some of the stuff that they did for this movie is wild. Mm. Like, they, I told you they didn't use a hotel class. They used actually this Juliet class. Yep. So they found this boat in St. Petersburg, Florida, in dry dock. Thing was just basically, like, totally rusted out. They had to bring in a team to make it seaworthy. And so they took it up the coast to Canada somewhere, and then they didn't want it to be the Juliet class. They wanted it to be true to form, so they wanted it to be look like the actual K-19. So they had to add, like, over 100 foot onto the exterior hull. They had to totally change the sail, but they also had to make all this stuff, like, seaworthy because they're out filming at sea for this movie. Yep. I mean, that's there's no way that's cheap. And then also for the movie, they needed a fleet of, they had like, well, all the things that they were filming, and then they had 27 other, like, watercraft for this movie. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a really high-budgeted film. Yeah. Okay, and then for my final fifth of the trivia, um, I think we all know that this stars two major actors, Liam Neeson and Han Solo. I'm not sure if anyone's aware of what uh, film series they both were involved with. Mm Mm-hmm. Leprechaun, right? Yes, Leprechaun. No, they were both <laughs> involved with uh, the Star Wars series. Okay. Uh, yeah, Liebe, uh, Liam, <laughs> Liebe, Liebe. Uh, Liam Neeson playing Qui-Gon Jinn and uh, Han Solo playing someone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure, you mean Harrison yeah. Ford. Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Han Solo playing Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford in, what? In the... <laughs> so, here's, okay, so who would have been... Uh, maybe potentially better cast as uh, the lead, let's say, for Harrison Ford's role. Uh, his counterpart in Star Wars, Billy D. Williams, a.k.a. Lando Calrissian. What do you think of him in the lead role? Mm, no. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. You're not into that? No. I'd, Interesting. I'd, I'd pay to see it. Are there black Russians? <laughs> of course there are. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, what about Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill? <laughs> uh, not. No. I don't, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, not for me. Not into that. No. Okay. Over Harrison Ford. What about uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi? 
I think I'd always been, watch him and something. I think he would have been too young. For well, this obviously, he would have been too young then for sure. Yeah, but in a reboot, I, I could see him McGregor do it. <laughs> in a K nineteen reboot series, <laughs> reboot of K nineteen, <laughs> yeah. or, or the sequel that's coming out in twenty twenty one, K twenty The Widower, all female cast. <laughs> Ooh, I think I got a good one for you guys. I think you're gonna you're gonna bite in this one. Is it Samuel L. Jackson? No, it's Hayden oh. Christensen. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Young guys don't like that one. Man, who would have thought? And then uh, just it's, you could do one of the more recent ones. What do you think about uh, Adam Driver in this role? No, <laughs> Adam Driver's really good. He's real handsome. <laughs> He's a handsome man. Uh, uh, but would I put him in that role? I don't know. I like him in everything I see, but I do have one more though. This yeah. might get you. What about Ed Harris? Duh. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay. There you yes. Go. <laughs> oh, and then I got to do. We're gonna take this to the Phantom Zone. Oh, here so we go. So we're gonna we're gonna engage the Phantom. We're gonna try to get back to the Phantom from this using only uh, submarine films. So I think actors it's from submarine film to submarine film. It's probably very doable because we've taken movies from like the fifties to the Phantom. Zone. Yeah, sometimes it gets pretty easy, especially since I've been doing it for so long. What's even funny is one of the the trivia. Uh, in this is about how one of the actors in this film was also an actor in Hunt for Red October, but I haven't oh. yet. Yeah. So, but I haven't yet gone to the trouble of actually getting from Hunt for Red October to uh, Phantom. I don't think. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. And went my yeah. own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys should know who that person is though. Right. I think it's, it's in the trivia who it was. It was, it was the, uh, the KGB guy at the beginning. Oh, really? Uh, the old, uh, the old commander guy. That's who it is. He's in both. And so uh, I'm going to use Harrison Ford instead, our star. He's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And in that, he rides a submarine to the secret Nazi base. Uh, He actually holds onto the telescope. um, Or the the periscope. Oh, I was like, what? What? Not a telescope. What are they, looking at the stars? (laughs) Uh, And then in Raiders of the Lost Ark is uh, Denholm Elliott, who's in... Uh, a movie called Madame Sin. And in that is Robert Wagner, recently accused of murder, or recently, uh, again, accused of murder. Wow. Yep. Uh, he played number two in uh, Austin Powers uh, in Goldmember. <laughs> yeah. And there's, a, there's obviously a Dr. Evil submarine in that one, shaped like Dr. Evil. And in Goldmember, there's like a spoof of, uh, of Austin Powers called, I think it was called like Austin Pussy or something. And uh, in that, Gwyneth Paltrow plays the love interest and a cameo. And Tom, Wait, Tom a... Cruise plays Austin Powers in the movie within a movie. That's such a funny scene. Yeah. <laughs> so Paltrow is, of course, in Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Okay. And I use Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. You get Jude Law. For, for, yeah, exactly. For, the, for Black Sea. And so from there, we can go for Michael Gambone, uh, who was the narrator in Hail Caesar, which is the way that I got from Agent Red. Uh, to Phantom. And so that'll take us all the way to the Phantom Zone. Redonkulous. At this point, I am just building. I think this this trail is probably like 18 films long or something. Just <laughs> actor it. upon actor upon actor, all in submarine films. It's great. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. It does not get better than that. Freaking Phantom Zone. So, um, Zach, before before we get into Zach facts, uh, I do have something. There's something Brahm and I were kind of talking about, which I thought could be a... Uh, I don't know. We'll see if it's a recurring segment or not. But we talked about potential sub sounds. <laughs> so 
It's gonna be like called... trivia? Like you're nope. gonna play music? Oh. No, nope, this okay. is Sub Sounds Karaoke. I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right. So go on, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> I want people to go ahead and give me your best missile launch sound you can do oh, Jesus. into your mic. So this is, or are you saying that this is a this is a section that we're going to be cutting, or what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we people want to be cutting pe- pe- it. People want to listen to this. <laughs> probably, probably not. <laughs> there was an do. awesome missile launch scene. Um, so I just want to hear what you so guys. So you're saying got. like 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 a. The same as like a there rocket pack. Yeah. If I was rocket pack in a way, like. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. All right. So Jamie got his in. I want to do it first because uh, I don't care how good anyone else's is. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically as good as someone can do unless someone's really going to simulate a rocket launch with their mouth. I d- well, highly we'll doubt see. it. We'll see. You never know. All right, Brom, go ahead and give us yours next. I'm going to be honest, that was better than mine. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty flipping good. <laughs> yeah, that was real good. Yeah. And Zach, you. I know you do a lot. I know you do a lot of sound effects, so I'm gonna save you for last. But uh, Alex, oh, okay. What do you What do you got? Okay. Wow, that was Ooh. a fast one. It's like a tiny one. <laughs> yeah, that's going right past you. It's yeah. like the size. It's like an arrow. Yeah. Shot. It's like if somebody were to shoot like a bottle rocket. Right. Well, no, those are high pitch, I guess. But no, it's pretty freaking good. Um. All right, Zach. All right. Wait. Last. Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta do mine. Last. I gotta do mine. Oh. I gotta do mine. It like it went past my ear, right? I could hear the water in it though. That was pretty good. Yeah, I think I thank God we have these pop filters in I front know. of us. It would have ruined the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, what do you got? Okay. <clears throat> Nine, eight, seven, <laughs> six, five, four, three, two, uh. one. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Freaking wow. amazing. Yeah. Guess That's like beatboxing on Saturday nights. <laughs> Just get in contact, uh, whatever this production company name is, at gmail.com, yeah. <laughs> and you can hire him for your party. <laughs> I should probably learn the name of the production company now that I've done nine episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow. All right, good yeah. stuff. All right, let's get some Zach facts. I'm, I'm really, I've been jonesing for some Zach facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. we need them. We need them in our lives. Although I, I guess know. I, I kind of do a bunch of Zach facts. It's just all my Zach facts are about people's dicks being out when they aren't. <laughs> it's a Zach fact. <laughs> that is a fact. All right, so, uh, well, you guys are kind of building me up here. Uh, I don't have too many this week. Oh, no. Despite the length of the film. Right. Um, and the length of Kyle <laughs> making extra segments for this podcast. <laughs> right. So we got to shorten this. Here's three more segments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, K-19, Zach Facts. Number one, the director, Catherine Bigelow, spent two months testing different fonts for the opening sequence. Fact. Wow. Do you know what she settled on in the end? Uh, she did not say. Mm. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. It was a nice looking font. <laughs> Fact number two <laughs> Catherine Bigelow, the director again, immediately called Liam Neeson for his role after watching Star Wars Episode One on VHS. Very nice. <laughs> on VHS, I love it. 
Wouldn't it have been? I guess DVDs were out by then, but they were out, but, but I mean, not as popular. Yeah, I, had, <laughs> I think I, I think I may have had the first first episode on VHS. I definitely I had all it. of the. I had the first three on VHS and Betamax over time. Oh, Betamax! Wow, oh yeah, look at you. Yeah, DVDs were very expensive at that point. It's kind of like how well, I right? think the, the 4K stuffs come down a little bit, but they're still up there. Who needs them? All, all right. right, next one. All of Harrison Ford's costumes came from his own collection. Fact. Wow. It's interesting that he's so into wearing a Russian officer's <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't most it? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Why does he own a couple of those? <laughs> All right. Moving on the list. The reactor officer being drunk was not scripted. Fact. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She's really deep in character. Get this guy off here. Well, what? what? Is that an emergency recast? <laughs> yeah yeah like uh just to include it in the movie it looked pretty good <laughs> that's his reaction when like harrison ford kicks him or whatever to get him up <laughs> next one the mouse in the cage is the same mouse from Stuart little wow <laughs> fact this was early in his career though he wasn't this was he was just an adolescent mouse at that point in time. Uh, Stuart Michael, Little came out like two or three years before. Yeah, oh, I wonder really? how much. Do you do you know how much Michael J. Fox was paid to voice the mouse in this film? Uh, I'd say about <laughs> twenty bucks. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he didn't say much. Yeah. <laughs> so he, in in a lot of the other movies, like we see people bring a bird or whatever onto a boat. Yeah. If I was captain, I saw somebody bringing a mouse. It'd be like, hell no! You get that thing out of here. Right. He had or it just sitting right it. above his face too. I know, and you just gotta be like crapping on him when he's sleeping. I would just take it and just chuck it. <laughs> I can't say that. That's animal abuse. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would I'd release it back to Mother Russia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um next fact. Uh oh, wow. the original movie was five hours and forty eight minutes. Ooh. But when everyone in the test audience fell asleep, they cut it down to two hours and seventeen minutes. When only half the audience fell asleep. I was going to say. And then when the audience still fell asleep, they just released it. It was fine. Dude, I'd believe it. They probably just had a lot more scenes of them, like, sailing and yeah. trudging along. Generally being like, eh. Or they, food, they, food they played, <laughs> they showed the entire soccer match on top yeah. of the ice. <laughs> like yeah. A 90 to 90 funny. minute soccer match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more, two more. Wow. We're getting some Zach facts. Okay. Uh, before Harrison and Liam were cast, Steve Martin and Steve Buscemi were in talks for the lead roles. Wow. <laughs> that would have been even more high-powered. <laughs> Steve Martin and Martin Short coming hot off of uh, Daughter of the Bride, or Father of the Bride, rather. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And my final Zach fact for the day. K-19 went on to inspire the porn parody... I-69, the widow fucker. There we go. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good ending run. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past that being a real Zach fact. Not that all your facts aren't real, but this one would definitely be real. Yeah. Uh, I do want to also bring up, and this is not a Zach fact. This is just a regular fact, but I did want to bring up, like, we watch Hostel Waters. Not everyone here, but most of us did. Did you know this, this was... Inspired by a book, K-19, The Widowmaker, The Secret Story of the Soviet Nuclear Submarine. So it's a book. Mm -hmm. And it was a memoir of the captain. And the memoir was helped uh, ghostwritten, I guess, by the guy who wrote the book that 
hostile waters was based on he this is like his specialty was books like this hmm. from interviews with russian um sailors and stuff and wow. you, so you can see that these are these are similar ideas kind of the events on a russian yes. sub so it was the same guy same book that's what i kept thinking when we were watching yeah. i was like ah you know this is similar things going on in hostile a, waters yeah and there's, a, there's a bunch that it's similar to yeah yeah i was glad that they didn't have the you know, try to tie in the American side like they did with Hostile Waters, where we just see um, right, yeah, Martin yeah. Sheen every once in a while, and and you just like look in the camera, like, what am I doing here? Look at that performance. Why are we it's doing this? Electric. Yeah. So that's it for episode nine. I Thank you guys it, for yeah. tuning in. Thank you very much. Well, not you. You're part oh, of it. Oh. Just saying to the listeners. Good enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.